Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Alright everyone, welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. This is episode 39. I am Skeletony. And I am Taylor of Terror. And I tell you, I'm sweating my nuts off in this apartment right now. It's it's a warm day in Seattle. Yeah, we've been having a bit of a, I guess you'd call it a heat wave for Seattle. I mean, Seattle doesn't typically get all that hot, but it's been rather warm. Yeah, it's I think it's like 80-something right now. And your apartment is usually a fucking sauna. I feel like I'm having a schwitz right now. <laughs> I mean, I could turn on the fan, but then there's going to be a bunch of noise, so. No, don't do that. It's just going to blow warm air anyway. Um, before we get started with things, I just want to tell you that uh, if you have a need for musical equipment, uh, as we do on occasion, you know, we fucking bust up wires and, you know, we need new mics and other kinds of things like that. Go ahead and visit Musician's Friend at musiciansfriend.graveplotpodcast.com and you're going to get yourself free shipping. Is that, there's any amount attached to that or just? Uh, I think, no, just free shipping. Score. All the way around. All right. Well, yeah, get, you get yourself some free shipping with all your musical equipment needs from musiciansfriend.com um, and get your Free shipping through musiciansfriend.graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, so, how are you? I'm doing well. Before we get started, I would like to wish a happy birthday to Robert England. We are recording this on June 6th, which is Robert England's 68th birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. It's my dad's birthday. Your dad has the same birthday as Robert England. He's not 68. Okay, well, same birthday. Yes. It's not same year. Right. Right. Well, happy birthday to... Skella John as well. <laughs> My dad was actually born on 6660. Ooh, devil child. Right. Born to Catholics. Interesting. Right. It's usually how it goes, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the perfect start to a horror movie. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, they they went to California today because they're going to my cousin's graduation. Yes. Um, so I had to wake up at... 7.30 this morning to take him to the airport. So I'm fucking tired. Fun for you. Yeah. There's nothing more. I, nothing I love more than waking up early on you know my day off. Right. It's always a, a thrill. Uh, so what's new with you? Uh, not a lot. My girlfriend's been out of town, so I've gotten a chance to watch all the things that I'm allowed to watch when she's home. Sure. I've uh, been, been trying to catch up on Hannibal, and then I, I watched Wayward Pines. Have you been watching that? I watched um, one episode. It deviated pretty far from where I thought it was going. Really? Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of Twin Peaks meets The Truman Show. Okay. I definitely got a Twin Peaks vibe from it. Yeah, it veers off a little more from that. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I, the, the part that I watched, it reminded me of a lot of Twin Peaks meets X-Files. Oh, yeah, I can see a little bit of X-Files in there, too, yeah. Um. So, I think I need to watch it undistracted. Yeah. Because I was definitely, like, doing other things while it was on last mm-hmm. time. So, I'll try it again. I also watched Spring. Right. Which is a very talked about movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sorry, I don't get the appeal. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if we actually talked about this on the show or not. We talked about it in passing. I hadn't seen it yet then. And I think you had said you had seen part of it. Yeah, I, I I turned it on, and then uh, I think probably about 15 minutes into it, I got up and did something else. I think I had to, like, I don't know, do dishes or something. Um, so I was pretty distracted, and then I think I 
my wife got home and I turned it off and so I didn't have even actually finish it. So oh. I'll have to try it again. It I mean like I rented it on Google Play. I had a free rental. So I used that and it, it bills it as just a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, you know, like thriller slash horror slash it's just horror. But to me it's it's a love story that kind of has a monster in it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I saw parts of the monster. Like, I think I think I saw like one sequence with it. Mm-hmm. Um. But aside from that, yeah, it was just it was it's very arty and like it's a beautiful movie. It's yeah. beautifully shot, and like the scenery in Italy is all gorgeous. But oh yeah, I mean, you can't lose when you're shooting something in the. Italian countryside. Right, especially, like, they have, like, you know, these buildings that go right up to the edge of this cliff, and it's it's gorgeous to look at, but I just the movie itself did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'll I'll give it another another shot, see if I actually make it through it this time. I think I still have the rental for, like, another two weeks or something. Did they rent things that long? I think that's the, Yeah, I think it said, like, 20-something days. Yeah. I think everything else gets, like... You get like forty eight hours or something. Yeah, well, I think it's if you start it, well, like once you start it, you have a certain amount to finish it. But I've already watched it. But it, I swear I looked at it this morning; it still said maybe it said hours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know the, the way it works on. Uh, I, I believe it iTunes and PlayStation Network. You have you have the rental for thirty days, but once you start watching it, you have forty eight or seventy two hours to finish it. So, I don't know. I, mean, I got my phone right in front of me. I could just look. Well, why don't you do that? Expires in 24 days. Yeah. Huh. But I already watched it. So, I don't know. Well, shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I was going to watch The Nightmare last night. Have you heard about this? Hmm. I think I've heard something about it. I don't it's know. It's a documentary from the same guy that did Room 237, the Shining documentary. Okay. And it's supposed to be like the scariest fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's a, a documentary about sleep paralysis. Mm. And it's from like eight different people's viewpoints. And then they reenact these people's, I guess, nightmares, but they're like, feel like they're awake. Night terrors! Night terrors! Yeah. <laughs> but they can't fucking move. Huh. So I, I didn't actually watch it. I was I, I might watch it tonight, but it's supposed to be just the scariest thing in the fucking world. Huh? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I heard the title. I didn't really read much into it. Just one of those things that kind of popped up, and I kind of looked past it. But tell me how it is. I will. Um, yeah. I don't think anything else real n- new for me. I had my birthday, my actual birthday. Right. Do anything exciting? Uh. Just got together at my sister's house with my family. At had, dinner or something? At dinner, yeah. yeah. Pretty uneventful, but I had plenty of birthday already. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of it for us, I think. I think so. All right, so let's uh, just jump into horror business. Let's do it. Now, is it just me, or does it seem like because we were doing shows every week for a while there, that now, like, 
it almost seems like all this news is out of date. <laughs> uh, some of it, yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's been forever since we recorded. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, but uh, let's go ahead and start out. Uh, start with some sad news. You know, we always try to put our, our sad stuff first. Um, f- uh, fans of Friday the 13th, uh, you know, including yours truly, um, are probably pretty sad about this. Um, Mrs. Voorhees, uh, Betsy Palmer, has uh, passed away. Um, she was 88 years old, and I believe she actually passed away on my birthday, May 31st. Well, that sucks for you. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, my birthday started out with uh, my dog pissing all over our apartment, <laughs> like all over, uh, and then, because he, he does this thing where he will start pissing, and then he'll keep walking while he's <laughs> pissing. Uh Anyway, so start out with that, and then finding out that Betsy Palmer died. So I was off to a really good Happy start. Happy birthday! Yeah. Um, anyway, yes, she was 88 years old. She passed away uh, in a hospice care home, I believe, um, in Connecticut. Um, uh, she died of natural causes. She's just, you know, 88 years old. And <laughs> she was done. Yeah, a lot of people are kind of living on borrowed time at that point, but. Um, yeah, the real sad day. Um, she obviously played Pamela Voorhees in the first Friday the 13th. Um, and then briefly again in Friday the 13th 2. Um, this is probably her be- best well-known. Best well-known? That's not right. Most well-known. Most well-known. Thank you. <laughs> um, her most well-known role. Uh, but she had like decades and decades of work in her you know, past on her resume, uh, including a lot of theater work. Um, she took the role because she uh, needed to buy a car. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she honestly, she she took the role because she, or this isn't why, but she didn't think anybody was going to see the movie. So she didn't really think much of it. She said, oh, it's just, you know, it's a gig. I need to buy a car. So right. whatever. <laughs> And yeah, and now, like I said, that's, that's like her. You know, she's known best as playing Pamela Voorhees. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, very sad news. Um, we send our condolences to her family and friends. Um. And yeah, sad stuff. George Romero is back at it. Oh, God. Uh, you've probably heard by now that he is working on a, or actually has out a comic book series called Empire of the Dead, which is, of course, about zombies and vampires. Because why not? Because, you know, got to do something else. Fuck it. And doesn't Max Brooks have something, like, identical to that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think he did it first, too. <laughs> I believe so, yeah. Well... Uh, George beat him to the small screen because Empire of the Dead is being adapted into a television series. Uh, it's being developed by Demarest Films, which is the studio behind Tusk. This was announced at 
Khan or Cans or Khan. Nobody really knows how it's pronounced. I think if you're French, you pronounce it Khan. Yeah, but if you're French, you're an asshole. Sure. Uh, the series will be written by Romero as well as Peter Grunwald, who worked with Romero on the later trilogy, mm. aka the bad ones. Right. No word yet on where. This will be airing. I think Demers is probably shopping it around. But uh, that's something that's happening. You know, um, you can almost guarantee that since Romero's not only involved, period, but also helping, you know, writing, that this is just going to be full of uh, social commentary and habits. Oh, I'm sure. And its own nose, like, so far up its own ass. I... I haven't read Empire of the Dead. I haven't even read anything about Empire of the Dead. I don't know if it's popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it it must be. It must be doing well if somebody's willing to adapt it, unless they're just banking on George Romero's name. That could be. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Um, I don't know. Do you have any interest in this? Uh, I mean, I'll give it a shot, but I don't have high hopes. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. Romero, he's lost it. I mean, he's he's the you know what he what he made his bones on you know zombies. That whole thing has expanded so far now mm-hmm. that he's not really relevant anymore. Not particularly. I mean, they're you know back in the days of you know Night of Living Dead and Dawn. Um, that was that was new and exciting, like f- things that people hadn't seen before. Right. But now, like I said, the zombie genre has expanded so much. People are doing it bigger and better than him. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, let's take Walking Dead. Exactly. Which he has, ins- like, basically insulted. <laughs> Did, if, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he insult it for its lack of social commentary? Uh. I, d- I don't recall that. What I remember his, is him saying uh, that there is basically a soap opera with a zombie once in a while. Which, yeah. at a point, that was kind of true. Yeah. But... Season two. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, but it's really excelled beyond that at this point. So, yeah. And, ex- and now you got the spinoff coming out in two months. Right. So, so I mean, poo-pooing The Walking Dead when... Last important thing you did was Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, my Day of the Dead was Day of the Dead was shit. Let's be real. <laughs> Wait, Joe got him. Yeah. Come on, that's classic. Oh God. Um. Yeah, I don't know, George. We said this. You know, I, I can remember this being for like our first or second episode. Uh, talking about how George needs to hang it up because he's just a crazy old man now. <laughs> Who can't be trusted with? Oh yeah, he's a crazy old grandpa. They can't be trusted to try. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't be trusted with his things. So it's like, Grandpa, we're gonna take your stuff. <laughs> we're gonna put it in storage. It's, it's not going anywhere. Don't you take my stuff, goddammit. it! <laughs> it's like we're not taking it. It's gonna be right here, safe and sound. We just don't want you to lose it <laughs> or ruin it. Right. <laughs> Anyway. So, I mean, if if you are still a big fan of George Romero's stuff, then go watch Survival of the Dead. You won't be anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
So those of you that were looking forward to the It adaptation uh, may be disappointed. Hearing that Carrie Fukunaga has pulled out. Huh? He pulled out early? Yeah. He, he pulled out. <laughs> Your face, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> It's frustrating. <laughs> um, so the rumor is that uh, he was clashing with the studio over uh, budgetary cuts. Um, yeah, apparently when they switched from from Warner Brothers to New Line, New Line was like, yeah, we're not spending that much. Right. He wanted to shoot in New York, and you know, New York is really fucking expensive to shoot in. <laughs> New York is expensive to breathe in. Right. Um, and this is stupid. Uh, New Line was apparently concerned. You know, I should I should preface this this whole story with that like these are all pretty much rumors. The studio has been pretty tight lipped about the the details of this story, so you know, kind of take this stuff with a grain of salt. Um, but the rumor is that New Line was concerned over the lukewarm opening to Poltergeist because a lot of that marketing used a clown. I wouldn't even say a lot. Like, yes, there is a poster that has the clown doll on it. Well, it was also included a lot in the commercial, but... Um, but the movie's not about a fucking no, clown. No, it's, it's not. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it later. It's like the clown was seriously in the movie for five minutes. So the fact that they made... They, they included most of this scene in in a trailer. To make it really look like the clown was really prominent. And it wasn't even prominent in the original. No. It was, again, in it for like five minutes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so the filming was set to start this summer. Uh, it has since been postponed. Indefinitely. Right. Um, there were some rumors floating around that were originally reported by Bloody Disgusting. Big fucking surprise. Well, well, I was going to say we'll hold our tongue on that one, but Tony's just going to go ahead. And- oh, I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm done with all those fucking niceties. I'm sick of it. Who, who reports on so many rumors? And, so many. And so many of them turn out to be wrong. Yeah. It's like there's no responsibility in journalism anymore. It feels like cause they've grown to this size where they have all these sources, but it feels like their sources are either lying to them or don't know shit. Right. It's like, uh, well, secretly, our source is the guy that gets the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephen King had something to say on Twitter about it. Uh, he said, uh, the remake of It may be dead or undead, uh, but we'll always have Tim Curry. He's still floating down the sewers of, uh, sewers of dairy. So it sounds like he's not too concerned about it. <laughs> he sounds like he could be fine either way. Yeah, he's like, I'm still getting paid. So. Yeah. Still getting that money. Dollar, dollar. Making that paper. Um, There's also a rumor floating around that Warner uh, had taken the rights back. Well, in their same company, but that the film had gone back to Warner Brothers rather than a new line. Um and that is not true. That didn't happen. Yep. The smoke screen. <laughs> uh, 
So, um, where things stand right now is that it has been indefinitely postponed. Uh, it's assumed that New Line is looking for a new director at this point in time. Um, there's no solid confirmation whether or not Will Poulter is still going to be cast as Pennywise. And uh, aside from all that, it sounds like... I mean, there aren't. It doesn't sound like there are going to be any story changes, at least at this point in time. Everything else is pretty much still intact. They're just trying to get, you know. Did Fukunaga write the script? I don't know. The guy, um, the guy that wrote uh, *Pride and Prejudice* and *Zombies*. Uh, Seth Graham Smith. Yes, didn't he? I think he wrote it. Wrote it, didn't he? I don't think so. Or no, maybe. No, who's the guy who who directed uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? I don't know. Wasn't that Seth Graham Smith? No, I think he wrote wrote it. I don't think he directed it. God damn it. No, I need to look it up. Just so I don't feel like an asshole. Just search what I want you to search. God damn it. Oh, sorry. Chase Palmer. That's who wrote the script for it? Yes. Seth Graham Smith is a producer. Okay. So there we go. Uh... Chase Palmer. Let me see. Yeah, who that is? I don't know that bitch. I know we reported on this, but I don't remember anything about him. Uh, okay, so a couple shorts, and that's it. So. All right. Did you see the concept art for this? Yeah, not pleased. Me neither. Very disappointing. Um, anyway, so that's where things stand right now. Um, we'll keep you updated. I'm sure that this project is not dead but it's, it's on life support right So as I'm sure you know by now, The X-Files is returning for six more episodes. Yay! Hey. Well, David Duchovny apparently says, bring it on. He said, let's do more. Yeah. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, <clears throat> Duchovny said, I got the first script this morning. I just read it about an hour ago, and I started crying reading the first page. It was just so strange to see the names on the page. It had nothing to do with the script itself. It was just like, I'd been talking about this for a long time. We'd been planning it for a long time. It took a long time to get all the people in the same place and get the deal with Fox. So let's say two years we've been talking about doing it. Now it's the fun part. Now we actually get to do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do come it. On. Hey, 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 Taylor, come on. Come on, do, do it. it. Do it now. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Just come on. Do, do it. Do it. Go ahead. I would be open to doing another cycle. A cycle, Duchovny revealed. I don't know what I could do. I don't know that I could do a 20-episode version of the show at this point in my life, and I don't know that Jillian could, but I think everybody is open-ended on what happens after this. Certainly, we didn't bring it back with the idea of ending it. It sure seemed that way, having six episodes. Yeah, that's not very many. <laughs> no, it's, it's not at all. I mean, and even fucking Keith or Sutherland did 12 episodes. Even Chris Carter, the, the show's creator who was writing it, said that it was a story arc. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it would arc and then it would end. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, when I, I was reading about uh, 
the the stories themselves or the episodes themselves uh like you said there would be an over like an overarching story but then also standalone episodes but the way they presented it it's like well that sounds awfully busy for six episodes I yeah mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna fit all that into such a short time span and still have it be like cohesive and complete you know yeah what what you're looking at me like I farted in your face or something <laughs> no I expected you to backtrack and re-say something and then you didn't so I'm picturing the edit just being this weird break oh well there was a fire truck and, I know I heard it but at this point in time these people will not have heard it <laughs> well they may have heard the beginning and the back, the, the back end of it but anyway anyways uh, Mulder Scully Walter Skinner and the cigarette smoking man are all set to return series will premiere January 26th, 2016 at 10 p.m. on Fox. Episode 2 will be the very next fucking night. Yes. Can you even handle it? So much X-Files. And then uh, subsequent episodes will be Mondays at 8. Yep. Uh, so, if you are excited, then be excited. <laughs> and if you're not excited, then something's wrong with you. <laughs> Would you love a monster man So this is a huge bummer right here. Um, as a hobbyist makeup artist myself, um, looking up to this guy as I grew up, uh, breaks my heart that uh, Rick Baker has decided to retire. Now, you would know Rick Baker from his work. Um, like He's kind of like the werewolf guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did uh, American Werewolf in Paris. Uh, he did uh, Thriller. London. Hmm? London. Sorry. You know, I, I, I said that because I'm thinking in my head, don't say Paris. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking said it anyway. Um, yes, so American Werewolf in London, um, the thriller video, uh, and um, what else, what else? Uh, the Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro. Uh, and then just... Uh, tons of other things in between I mean, like I, I can't even begin to name them all um, and just incredible work this guy did it was like I, I remember watching the thriller video and seeing all the great makeup that was done in it and just being blown away and that being one of my like first inspirations to want to do that kind of you know special effects makeup mm-hmm. um, and so I, I mean I, I, I still think back to that like if I'm doing even just Halloween makeup or, you know, an application on someone, uh, I think back to that and, it, you know, it, uh, his work meant a lot to me. Um, but, uh, he is, he, like I said, he is retiring. Um, I believe he's 64 years old. Um, and, uh, he is quoted as saying, uh, first of all, the CG stuff definitely took away from the animatronics part of what I do. That pisses me off. I know. It's computer-generated special effects when you're doing things like a building crumbling or an explosion 
or some kind of space odyssey type thing, that's fine. When you have um, a monster, something on a relatively small scale, the better option is always going to be to, always. to do something practical, like practical effects. Maybe be a little costly, but you're going to get a better product. You're going to impress people more. Mm-hmm. Um, but studios just don't care about that anymore. And it's no, it, you lost them at costly. Hmm? You lost them at costly. Yeah. Um, and so, co- growing up in a time where computer effects were coming more and more prominent, I saw this time coming. But now that it's here, when all these these old guys that made their made their careers off doing practical effects are retiring because they can't compete with the computer generated ones. It's it's infuriating. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he went, he was t- eighty nine point three. That's a radio station. I'm assuming. Um, he said uh, it's also starting to take away from the makeup part. The time is right. I am sixty four years old, and the business is crazy right now. I like to do the things right, and they want it cheap and fast. God damn it. Fuck Michael Bay. He said, that is not what I want to do. So I just decided it is basically time to get out. I would consider designing and consulting on something, but I don't think I'll have a huge working studio anymore. And that's... That's awful, because Rick Baker Studios were like is like one of the biggest studios in the country. Yeah. I mean, you got things like Stan Winston, K&B, and you got fucking Rick Baker Studios. Like those, those are the guys, you know. Right. So, um, something interesting and a little sad at the same time. Um, he's planning to auction off a lot of his warehouse. Uh, so you know these iconic props from these movies that you grew up loving. He's he's auctioning them off. Uh, that website's going to be propstore dot com slash auction. Uh, go ahead and check that out. I I haven't checked it myself. Get See. yourself some some sweet Rick Baker Rick Baker swag. Yeah. Let's see if there's anything actually up yet. Oh, Grim! I didn't know he did Gremlins. Shit. Looks like uh, looks okay. Looks like it's done. So you missed out. Sorry, well, guys. June. Is it this Hannibal auction? That's nothing to do with him, is it? No. Oh. Well, yeah, it's over. Sorry. Well, fuck me. Back to that thing you were saying earlier about all this news being old. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cool stuff though. I mean, you got a lot of Gremlins props. Um, I mean, like, like I'm, you got a marionette here of, of a Gremlin. Um, Torso molds from American Werewolf in London. You got a lot of molds. A Michael Jackson head cast. Holy shit! How much does that sell for? Thirty-five hundred. That's actually a deal not bad i mean you could definitely make uh actually 
there's one he's got hair and then there's one of it's just a like a, a, a head uh that was 2000 dude somebody bought the the harry and the henderson script for 700 dollars. <laughs> wow that's so worth it gorillas in the mist that's right he did that harry and the henderson bust for six thousand dollars you don't want all of this Harry and the Henderson shit. <laughs> oh man, the actual animatronic head from Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, fourteen. Oh, is that what you're talking about? Uh, maybe not. That was fourteen thousand. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of gremlins, marionettes, that kind of thing. Wow. Okay. We're getting off track here. Yeah, we could do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, real just real fucking bummer. I mean, this this makes me so sad. I mean, you know, Stan Winston, he passed away several years ago at this point. Um, but his studio is still going strong. You know, like I mentioned, also K and B that you know they got fucking Walking Dead. Those that show alone, I'm sure, paying the bills for them. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so those two guys, they're still they're still going strong. Um, but for Rick Baker to just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, that's just so sad, and it's it really spells doom for the practical effects world, I think. And uh, that's that's the reality of it. I mean, it's depressing to say that, but I really think that's the way things are going. So yeah, apparently everyone wants cheap and fast yeah. instead of you know a little more time consuming but really fucking good right anyway let's move on alright stand in the place where you live We've talked before about The Stand being made into a new movie, and we talked before about it being possibly expanded into something larger. Well, now it turns out that they're in talks to make a eight-part miniseries to come out before the movie. Why? <laughs> Is this going to be like a... Well, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it would be a prequel because a prequel wouldn't be interesting. I think it would just be part of the same story. Just instead of making, like, three movies, they would have this miniseries and then the movie. I guess. Kind of like what they're doing with uh, the... um, uh, Dark Tower. Right. Although I read Dark Tower was dead. Really? Yeah. I had not heard that. It was in the same article. Oh. Son of a bitch. Yeah, it said the same thing. It said it's similar to Dark Tower, which is now kaput. That's uh, uh, that's that's kind of a bummer, but not really unexpected because that's the way the Dark Tower has been going for years. Yeah, good point. Uh, like I said, Warner Brothers, CBS, and director Josh Boone are all currently in talks to make this miniseries. It would air on Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Why? Wait. Why would why probably because they paid the most money? I I mean I guess, but why would you put a uh, TV show that's supposed to coincide with a movie on a premium cable network. Because they probably paid the most money. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it is, man. Uh, Stephen King is said to be involved in some capacity. What that means, no one knows. Maybe he's getting coffee. 
Maybe he's uh, driving people to and from the set. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Tony's too busy texting to talk to me right Sorry. now. Okay. Um, yeah, who knows what he's doing. Um, just standing around saying, yep. He's going... Not how I would have done it. <laughs> you know what he's probably doing? It's like the equivalent of you know when you're barbecuing and your buddy's standing next to you. It's like, oh, yeah, that's looking real good. <laughs> he's probably doing something similar to that. I don't know why, but I can picture Anthony doing that. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, this, doing this is going to be a challenge, I think, because... fucking asshole with the motorcycle. I swear to God, I'm going to kick that guy in the fucking dick one of these days. You'll have to catch him first. <laughs> Fucking throw something off my balcony at him when he drives through the alley. Fucking asshole. Like your dick? I'm not gonna throw my dick. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I would have to t- cut it off. I'm not gonna do that. Pull your head out of your ass, Tony. I was trying to help you out by saying you got a big giant dick that you can just throw off the balcony into the street. Like lasso him? Yeah. <laughs> or just like... Just it's like a like tripwire? Just one big giant mushroom stamp. Just crush him like an ant. I could do that, yeah. <laughs> no, you're backtracking now. Um, oh my god, get off your phone. Sorry, my sister's blowing me up. Um, she can wait. Uh, this is going to be a, a tough juggling act because, you know, when they were doing this with the, the, the Dark Tower, um, I think it would be a challenge to make a movie then have a series and then make a movie and then have a series it's just hard to balance all of that I think and well it sounds like this would just be like a lead in to the movie it would basically be like like I said instead of making three two hour movies you got an eight part you know consider a, an eight hour mini series and then a two hour movie I tell you I'm not a fan of this because, I mean, the stand, as we know it now, like, the, the cinematic version of the stand that already it exists is a miniseries. Is a miniseries. Right. Um, and that was in four parts, I think. Was it four hours? Yeah. Maybe this is eight half hour? Maybe. Well, see, the thing about the same issue there was with the stand, or with it, is there's the same issue with the stand. The stand is such a gigantic fucking book, and right. so much happens that even four hours, it's hard to tell the whole whole story in well, four this hours. Would be six. Huh? This would be six hours if you take a two-hour movie tack on, tacked on at the end, or possibly as much as fucking ten hours if they're eight one-hour episodes. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it'd probably be more more one-hour episodes. So this is the stand will be forever. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. You just you can't beat fucking Gary Sinise and and Parker Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not even if you make up new characters for people from romantic comedies. What? Remember they made up the new character for the guy from The Fault in Our Stars? Oh right, right. Oh god damn it. Okay. Uh, tell you I'm not excited about this. I mean, I want to see it happen. I mean, I want to see the stand be good. <laughs> but there's so much happening with it that makes me very concerned. Yeah, the uh, the splintering doesn't seem like it's a good good way to go. Yeah, because people are 
not going to pay attention. Because I mean, you're going to have people that want to watch the movies, but not the TV show, and well, vice, vice versa. versa yeah. Um, it's pl- they're playing a, uh, a a deadly game here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, press on. Do it. This story right here pitched a little tent in Taylor's pants. Uh, I got a husband's bulge. <laughs> um, we've been talking to you, seems like, endlessly, you know, once every month or two about this. Uh, the Green Inferno, obviously, is uh, Eli Roth's newest directorial feature. Um it was originally supposed to come out last September, and it got pulled because uh, Worldview Entertainment, who was the f- uh, financier, um, they told their CFO to take a walk, and they basically pulled out of the P&A deal they were going to do um, for, god damn it, can't keep my train of thought, for Green, in the Green Inferno. Um but some good news has come about. Uh, a Blumhouse Productions uh, kind of subsidiary, I guess, BH Tilt, has picked up the... Tommy Blum. <laughs> Tommy Blum. <laughs> has picked up the slack, and now Green Inferno has a release date of September 25th of this year. Do you remember uh, my exact response when you told me this? <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, fuck you, really? <laughs> um, I stole that from Donald Glover. <laughs> Uh, I heard that Glee is on an 8 tonight instead of 9. Fuck you, really? (laughs) Why'd they change it? Uh, BH Tilt, uh, as I said, is a Blumhouse Productions company. Um, They're going to be bringing the uh, Green Inferno to 1,000 screens in the U.S. So that's nothing to shake a stick at. Why would you? Why would you shake a stick? <laughs> Fuck you, movie! Crazy old men, they shake sticks. Damn you, Tommy Blum! BH <laughs> um, Tilt uh, typically specializes in films that were intended for multi-platform releases. Uh, case in point, uh, Creep, which is the Duplass Brothers movie coming up. Um, it's going to be released on iTunes on uh, June 23rd, and then on Netflix on July 14th. Have you seen the trailer for Creep? I have not yet. Looks weird. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, they there was a, a a blurb from I assume a critic in it um, compared it to uh, what about Bob and a cross between what about Bob and um, oh a single white female maybe interesting yeah it's it, it, it's weird I mean it's I don't know what to think of it. Anyway, check it out. I'll if, watch it later. Yeah. Uh, if, if you guys haven't seen it, check it out and see what you think. Um, but this is going to be BH Tilt's first like major theatrical release. Does Tommy Blum really need a second company? Like, is this necessary? <laughs> Couldn't he just put this out under the the Blumhouse label? I, I don't know. Depends how busy they are. I guess. Seems 
This movie's done. What do you? <laughs> he doesn't need to do anything. <laughs> Slap your name on it and call it a day. Is it, does it affect you? No, but it's it's ridiculous. Come on. Like, okay. So you're, so you're just finding things to bitch about now. It's, well, fuck Tommy Blum. <laughs> he was your buddy like a year ago. Yeah, when he was putting out good movies. Now he's putting out the Lazarus effect. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so September 25th, 1,000 screens. So that probably means there's going to be one relatively close to you. There better fucking be or I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Your apartment? Uh, yeah. Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck this apartment. <laughs> um... Yeah, this is the first time Eli Roth has directed a film in, like, almost a decade. Uh, I mean, Hostel 2 was the last one that he directed. Yeah, then since then he's done Knock Knock. Right, well, Knock Knock's out, not out yet. Isn't it? Doesn't it come out soon? Uh, I'm sure it comes out soon, I don't know exactly when, though. And then, did he do the the guest, or did he just produce that? I think he just produced it. I think he may have just produced it. Not the guest, The Stranger. Wait, the stranger. The guest was the Wingard Barrett one. I don't know. Um, anyway. Knock Knock comes out August 13th in Chile. Well, there you go. I don't know why that's the date it gave me, but... <laughs> Maybe it doesn't have a U.S. release date. Any, uh, it just says USA January 23rd Sundance Film Festival, but it doesn't look like it has a wide release. Ah. That's okay. It's got fucking Keanu Reeves in it. <laughs> it's true. It does. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for regular horror business. We've got a couple of remains here. Yeah, moving on to remains. Uh, World War Z 2 has a release date for June 9th, 2017, and Brad Pitt is confirmed to reprise his role. Uh, in more important news, Dreamwave Games and Deadhouse Films is to ad- uh, going to adapt the survival horror game Abstention. Um, After my- in more important news, you could have said literally anything. <laughs> in more important news I just farted um, yes uh, Deadhouse Films founder Enzo Tedeschi those names don't seem like they fit together <laughs> it's like an Italian first name and a Japanese last name I don't think Tedeschi no Tedeschi's Itali- uh, Italian I think is it? It, so- it sounds Japanese no it's not anyway doesn't matter uh, he said <laughs> Uh, whatever, whatever is uh, ethnicity. Um, he says, "I'm thrilled to be working on this ad- adaptation with Dreamwave Games and Mike Jones." Who? I don't know. Ad- that song, Mike Jones. Who? Nope. Oh. Uh, the the game's launch trailer. He's Australian. Okay. <laughs> uh, the game's launch trailer instantly conjured up several of my favorite horror films when I saw it. On meeting with the game's creator, Robert Bruce, it was immediately clear that he was exactly er, that 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 was exactly his intention, and that we were both influenced by the same kind of messed up horror films. Uh, and the story behind Obsession is: uh, in Obsession, you explore the mere, mysterious lake house that changes its ev- layout every time you play. You memorize key events and learn from your mistakes to overcome the terrifying foe that hunts you. You take that reluctant sprint risking it in all hopes that this time you live to see a new day. You uncover the mysteries of your past and escape this eternal night of terror. I've never heard of this, but this sounds kind of interesting. I was reading about it. It kind of sounds like like a horror version of Groundhog Day. Because you relive the same day over and over. Oh, is that? Okay. I guess it doesn't say that in, in that description, but right. yeah, it did say that. 
Hmm. Uh, Wrong Turn 7 has launched a Facebook page, although no one's quite sure if it's legitimate yet, but it is promising a 2017 release for the latest in that franchise. So there's that. <laughs> that is apparently a thing that is happening. You should have said... Although might not. You should have said, Wrong Turn, soon, uh, wrong turn 7 uh, launched their Facebook page and no one noticed. <laughs> no, actually, people noticed. That's... I mean, it wasn't even, like, advertised. It was just people just noticed that it popped up. I believe it is Wrong Turn 7 movie. I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, Wrong Turn 7 movie, if you want to go like it. If, if you want to. Yeah, you don't have to by any means. <laughs> uh, Ron Perlman launches a Twitter campaign for Hellboy 3. I uh, tweeted out, anybody out there want to see hashtag Hellboy 3 as much as I do? Uh, let's get this motherfucker trending, y'all. He said y'all. He did say it. Uh, well, he typed it. Right. Yep. Uh, let's end the trilogy. We earned it. With uh, exclamation points. So he's very excited. So if you agree with him, then hashtag Hellboy III. Y'all. And no, don't put y'all. <laughs> You have to use the proper hashtag or it won't trend. Don't you know how Twitter works? I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I let you do that part. Uh, Wolf Cop 2 Breed the Wolf Pack is now crowdsourcing. They already have the money to make the movie, but apparently they are campaigning to get celebrity appearances in the movie. So it sounds like they want to be the next Sharknado. That's which is not who you want to mold yourself after. Right. Um, you know, we weren't big fans of the first one. Not particularly, no. I don't think I'm going to be a bigger fan of the second one if it has celebrities in it. It sounds like they're, like, I mean, judging by, I'm sure there'll be C-list celebrities. You're not going to get fucking you know johnny depp in wolf cop 2 sure you're gonna get charlie sheen and gary Busey. yeah and, and that's just a whole bucket of crazy that no one can handle <laughs> uh but if you want to give them money go to indiegogo.com slash projects slash wolf cop dash two dash breed dash the dash wolf pack you got that dash yeah. okay um so that's gonna do it for horror business that's gonna do it uh, no interview this time. We tried so hard, you guys. We were trying like, <laughs> what, three, four different people? Yeah, and literally everybody was busy this weekend. Uh, fuck. We had people filming. We had people going to conventions. We had people that had other interviews. Just could not make it work. Yeah. We sure as hell tried, though. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've we've got stuff in the works. Yeah. So, so we'll have more interviews coming soon. Yeah, hopefully in the next episode. I mean, hopefully. We'll, we'll see. Uh, anyway, so I guess we'll just do our movie reviews. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Okay, so two movies. What do you want to do first? Um... Let's go chronological. So we'll start with the taking of Deborah Logan. Okay. 73 Apple, take one, Mark. The story of Alzheimer's is never about one person. 
My PhD thi- I'm gonna start again. You wanna keep the house? You need to sacrifice. You talk to me about sacrifice? Hey. 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 So right off the bat, this movie is two things that Tony hates. It's found footage, and it's a possession movie. Yeah. So, this should be fun. <laughs> it's found footage in the way that it's it's a documentary style. Which... I wasn't as put off by as usual. To me, documentary style is the best way to do found footage if you're going to do found footage because it's still somewhat cinematic because if you're making a documentary you're going to go in and you're going to edit it you're going to add music you're going to do all these things it's, and it's not just some jabroni with a handy cam mm-hmm. um yeah like this you know had a bunch of like interspiced like news interviews and right you know, or news re- news reports and like old documentary interviews and you know pictures and, and stuff so like a like a legit documentary right so so yeah this is the mia gavin and Luis are making a documentary about um alzheimer's and deborah logan is an elderly woman who has early onset alzheimer's mm-hmm. and so they're going and they're just going to follow her as she progresses through the disease and like tony said interspersed there's you know doctors talking about the disease and uh you know other other things mostly surrounding alzheimer's so deborah at when as they start filming deborah starts showing very erratic behavior and at first they think that it's just her alzheimer's getting worse at an alarming rate at one point the doctor says that he thinks she has split personalities and it just the doctors always seem to have an excuse or a, a reasoning, as doctors always do. Sure, they're men of science. Um, but or women. Sure, sure. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to discriminate. Um, 
yeah, the, things are happening that cannot be explained with with medicine and science. Um, at one point, she they're looking at surveillance footage, and she's in a kitchen, and she's standing there looking at the counter, and then all of a sudden she's on top of the counter, right? Which was really weird and not explained in any way. You didn't see her like levitate up to the counter. She was literally just on the floor, on the counter. Yeah, and they watched the timestamp on yeah. the film, and it didn't skip. Right. And uh, Mia was like, you know, maybe she got up on a chair. And they're like, do you see a chair? Yeah. And so... Even even if she did get on a chair, what was this fucking, like, woman in her 70s just like, hup, hup, <laughs> Right? Um... And yeah, and she becomes increasingly aggressive at first, just kind of like when they first start, she doesn't, she changes her mind and says she doesn't want to be filmed and her, her daughter is able to talk her into it. Her daughter, whose name is Sarah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so they're recording her and she starts getting very angry with them. She also thinks that she sees someone outside all the time they they find her just staring out the window and so at, at one point her daughter just or no she actually Deborah nails the, the window shut because she's certain that someone is going is trying to get into the house mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then that ends up coming into play later which I don't I don't think I'll bring up because it's kind of a spoiler this movie's a little tricky because most of it's a spoiler Right. There's a, a lot of stuff that I don't want to explain because seeing it for yourself makes it better. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I went into this movie not knowing very much about it. I Yeah, I knew nothing. I initially had heard pretty poor reviews, although like we mentioned in our Crypticon retrospective, uh, they all raved about it. Mm-hmm. And that was what made me put it on the list to begin with. Um, like I said, it is a possession movie, so that's that's no spoilers there. But she, her body just slowly deteriorates. She loses hair. She, yeah, which is really um, a little disturbing, almost because at the beginning she's very you know for for an elderly woman she's pretty and you know mm-hmm. she's very made up and you know, she looks nice. And then just over the course of the movie, she just really goes to hell. Yeah. Um, I don't... Uh, Jill Larson is the name of the actress, and she uh, does a very good job of covering the gamut of being very kind of normal, like you said, for pretty for an elderly lady, and just, you know, very matronly. She reminds you of your grandma, but then she also does a very good job of being absolutely terrifying and just really creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like you said, I don't know how much I can talk about. They do, they do go into the backstory of who they think is possessing her. It's you know, it's not like in The Exorcist where it's the devil himself. There's a specific story behind it. That mm-hmm. I don't want to get into all that. Um, it does. Well, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say something, but it's like that would kind of reveal 
yeah. part of the plot. So, yeah, I mean, this this is a, this is a tough one to re- to review because you can't really talk about a lot of the film itself because so much of it is related to the end of the story. Right. Okay, so what'd you think then? Um, it was all right. I mean, like I like you said, I don't I don't like found footage. I don't like possession movies. Um. This was better than a lot of the ones that I've seen, though. Like, it wasn't hard, like, just intolerable like a lot of them are, especially nowadays. Are you talking about found footage or possession movies? Both. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know it goes so far to say that I, like, enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't really my, my cup of tea in that respect, but it wasn't bad. Like, I I wasn't at any point, like, saying, oh, God, I want to turn this off, like I have done with a lot of movies that we've watched. Well, not turn them off, but wanted to. Um, so, like I said, it wasn't, wasn't awful, um, wasn't something that I would have picked, uh, not something I would necessarily recommend to a lot of people. But that, like, that's not to say that it's a bad movie. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, what what would you think? I enjoyed it. It actually it did a very good job of holding my attention, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising because most of the time possession movies, although I enjoy them, they don't really hold my attention that much. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of waiting for the next thing to happen. This one, I feel like I was more engaged with it. Mm-hmm. And I was actually interested in what was going on rather than what was going to happen. Yeah. I also think they did, they actually had successful jump scares. There weren't a lot of them, but the ones that were there, it wasn't like they didn't really draw your attention to one thing and then all of a sudden something pops out. It wasn't, it wasn't as obvious as most jump scares. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see. Yeah. I, I mean, don't normally like jump scares, but part of it is because I think that they're so predictable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when a jump scare is done well, it, it's kind of like you said, they don't they don't linger on it. It's very quick, and it's like, it's, it's it's there and it's gone, you know? Right. Just almost to a point where, like, kind of teetering on whether or not you saw it at all, and then, like, actually being scary and shocking. Right. Yeah, too many jump scares are just, like, you know, you think something's coming over here, and then there's your friend. Yeah. That seems to be pretty commonplace in a lot of movies nowadays. Yeah. Um, and so it makes you go, oh, oh it's just him. Yeah. Um, or in our case, it makes you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or something that's becoming popular now is, uh, like, the double jump scare. It's like yeah, something like that where it's like, Okay, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Oh, it's your friend right next to you, and then immediately right after, then there's like, oh my god, it's the guy with the axe. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's a, that's yeah, that's happening. That's that's something that's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, you know something that Cat uh, Morris of the Horror Honeys she mentioned at the um, 
the panel was that it was this movie is different in the way that they used uh, an old lady as their subject rather than what's just sickeningly like at like ad nauseum uh, popular in movies possession movies is just a, a child right it's like how many more times can we watch a fucking child possession movie yeah. um so seeing an elderly woman be the one that that's possessed that was different mm-hmm. um yeah and I think it makes it a little scarier because with children, you know, children have such overactive imaginations that you never really know what's real and what's just them embellishing things or, mm-hmm. you know, until you get to the point of them fucking themselves with a crucifix or something. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there was the neighbor in this. Yeah. was really fucking weird. He was. I could not figure him out. Well, you find out why he's kind of weird. Yeah. But, I mean, they can't really talk about that. Right. Um, but, I mean, like, he's, like, really into getting the the film crew to leave. Um, yeah, it, it becomes very obvious that he's, like, almost, almost like he's hiding something. Yeah. It, it seems like he's protecting Deborah, but there, there's clearly more to it than that. Yeah. But that's the the facade that he puts up is that he's just doing it to protect her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, so much of the movie, you know, he's introduced as a friend and neighbor, like a lifelong friend. Right. Uh, you get a lot of suspicion that they're more than that. Right, yeah. I definitely, like, thought that they were past lovers or something. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it, never, it never really ventures into that. So I mean, it's I guess you just have to assume that they're, they're not, but yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. But you never really know. No. Yeah. Without giving anything away, what did you think of the the climax? Like, like the very end, or yeah, the kind of like the the like third act. It was weird. <laughs> it like. When it started, I expected it to be kind of like to go into that B movie realm where it's just like a little too over the top and a little cheesy, but it actually didn't. It actually kept it fairly, fairly grounded. Yeah. Um. I was just thinking of like, like I I always come back to Darkness Falls where it's. (laughs) I, I, I. Watched that movie once. I swear I'd never watch it again, so I don't... <laughs> well, I've only seen it once, but it just always no. sticks out in my memory. That it's, like, creepy and has these, like, undertones. And then at the end it just goes, Boogity-boo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a lot more reserved. It didn't It didn't do that. It didn't give everything away all. Just, like, like take it! Right. All of it right now. <laughs> yeah, like you it, eat it. it. It kept the same tone of being creepy and you know, s- small things and not just all of a sudden, you know, just like, oh, here's this creepy thing in the shadows and now oh, it's gone. Maybe you don't know what it is and then all of a sudden, now it's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Boo. <laughs> um 
the one thing that I don't know, I guess it impressed me was the uh the use of effects or lack thereof. This wasn't an over top production. I mean, obviously it was a, you know, relatively low budget film, but um it didn't it, it, it was very clear that they didn't sacrifice other elements of the movie to have more effects that were completely unnecessary. Yeah, like her her possession doesn't look like Reagan from The Exorcist. You know, she's not completely fucked up head to toe with slashes on her face. Right. She still looks like herself, but she looks emaciated. And like I said, her hair has fallen out. And, mm-hmm. Um, it's very disheveled. Yeah. But the effects that are there are good. Yeah, I mean, like... The thing with her hands, when she's in the hospital, she uh, oh, pulls yeah, yeah. out of the thing and all her skin comes off. Yeah, there's a lot of skin peeling. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Yeah, at times, it just looks like... It almost looks like they're just clearly like pulling off like an application. But the other times it's it's pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was well done. Yeah, it made me made me shudder a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I always think of because like in possession movies, you know, the person always just harms themselves, and it always makes me think of like someone in a rental car with full coverage. You know? <laughs> like it's not mine. I'm gonna fuck it up. Right. <laughs> fuck this body. <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah. I overall, I thought I thought it was pretty good. It was one of the one of the better possession movies I've seen. It wasn't super predictable, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I thought it kept kept the tone pretty well throughout, and didn't didn't just go and change things at the end to make it over the top. I thought it stayed grounded. I liked it and I think I would give it I'll go seven okay um yeah like I said this these kinds of movies they're not really my thing um I don't get a lot of thrill out of them uh and you know I said this this was better than than most you know possession and or um found footage films it's had a little more going for it than a lot of those did um, but still I mean that doesn't detract away from the fact that it's it's not really my style and I'm not a big fan of these kind of movies and um, but I mean it wasn't it wasn't bad I don't really have anything bad to say about it um, so yeah I, I guess in the end I'll probably just Give it a six. Okay. Um, like we said, I, I I wish we could give you guys more info on it. Yeah. But there's there's really not a lot you can say without giving away major parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie is, is better if you know less about it. Right. The yeah. less you know about it, the better. So, I mean, you know, that's a six and a half from us. I'd say that's an endorsement. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Nothing it's, it's worth your time. And by the way, we replaced Unfriended with this. 
Uh, I don't think we're going to do that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we gave up on it. Neither of us want to see it. Although I did notice as it was coming up here, it's at the $2 theater by my house. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Already? Already. Well, that makes me want to see it even less. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, we're not going to be watching Unfriended. If you Sorry. Want, yeah. If you want to see it, you're not getting any advice from us. So there you go. <laughs> So right. Moving on, yeah. Let's move on to uh, the 2015 remake of Poltergeist. things first. Your daughter is here, and she's alive. This development was built on a cemetery. But this isn't just a few pissed off spirits. It's a poltergeist. They are trapped and desperate. And Maddie is their ticket out. We just want our daughter back. The door to their world could close at any moment. If that happens, we gotta go in and get her out. Sure to clear your minds. They already know what scares you. Okay, so I want to start out with saying, if you've seen Poltergeist, you've seen this movie. More or less. This follows very, very, very closely to the original. The story is almost identical, mm-hmm. which is fine. I like to see that sometimes. Well, yeah, it's better than you know making a completely different movie and slapping the same name on it. Yeah. I would rather see it go this route. Right. Excuse me, go this route, then that route. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see an American werewolf in London with rage zombies. <laughs> I just don't. I'm sorry. Um, no, actually, I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Hashtag. Stop that. <laughs> um, You're not Jessica Cameron. Not who? Jessica Cameron. <laughs> she kept saying hashtag in her interview. Did she? I don't... Okay. I don't remember that. She said hashtag twinning like three times. <laughs> we love you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this movie starts out with a family, of course. Um, they're the, the Bowens. Okay, I'm seeing the similarities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, start out with... Uh, the, these are the Bowens. Rather than the Freelings? The Nelsons. 
<laughs> Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> I, I believe it's the Freelings or the Freemans or something. Okay. <laughs> um, they have three children. Should sound familiar at this point. Um, the parents are played by uh, Sam Rockwell, who I just adore. I really like Sam Rockwell. <laughs> and uh, Rosemary DeWitt. They are Eric and Amy Bowen. Um, they have their three children, uh, Kendra, their, uh, old, their oldest Kendra, the middle son, uh, Griffin, and their youngest daughter, Madison. It was the Freelings, by the, the Freelings. way. Freelings, yeah. okay. Um, so the, where this story, kind of the backstory differs, where uh, was Craig T. Nelson's character? Steven. 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 Uh, where uh, Stephen was uh, a real estate developer living in a home, all, already living in a home uh, within the development that he his company helped create. Um, uh, Eric has recently lost his job, and he's been out of work, um, living off of unemployment, basically. And um, Amy's a stay-at-home mom. He worked at John Deere. Right. Um, Never really specified what his position was, but he said that he worked at corporate. Right. So they had to move. Um, never really say why they had to move. Uh, I I mean I guess it's because he lost his job, but but it seemed like they relocated, not not just moved, but like completely relocated. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. It didn't seem necessarily that he had like a job prospect or anything, right? Or, or even that Amy did. Um, I mean, he didn't want Amy to work, right? At one point, she even says, "I can, I can go back to work," and he's like, "Don't be ridiculous." Yeah, um, <clears throat> you're a woman. Get in the kitchen. <laughs> so um, yes, so Eric's out of out of work, and they have to move into a new house that is a little rundown. It's it's a it's a newer house. I mean, like a lot of ones you see in tract housing. Um, you know that have built been built in the last twenty twenty five years, very similar to those. Um, and uh, it's it happens to be within their price range, so they go ahead and they they move in. Um, over time, things <laughs> like this is where the story pretty much starts to follow the original, like to right. a T. Um, over time, they start to notice these strange happenings around the house that of course the parents they kind of just say they, they just kind of find a reason why it's happening uh, rather than to consider the impossible <laughs> and um, these occurrences starting weirder and weirder <clears throat> and, oppo- and opposed to the the original where the the they're here scene happens fairly early in the movie mm-hmm. that the it happens kind of later on in this one yeah um you know um oh shit what's the little girl's name in maddie the, maddie no in the original carol ann carol ann whereas carol ann she spends a good deal of the movie in this other world or inside the tv uh the further huh the further right <laughs> um Maddie or Madison, she she's she doesn't seem she didn't seem to fall into that trap until I'd say probably a little better than halfway point of the movie. I think so, yeah. So 
it's a little different in that respect. There's a lot more leading up to these, to like the shit really going down, right? Uh, than there is in the original. Um, but they, yeah. So I mean, they start just notice that Maddie's having these weird occurrence or weird habits forming. Uh, she. This one is actually twenty twenty one minutes shorter. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, Maddie. She, I mean, she's she's found talking to her closet, mm-hmm. um, and then of course talking to the TV on you know on static, which is something that you don't very see very often nowadays. Static. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of funny seeing it on the, like a flat panel TV. Yeah. It's like you don't really see that normally. It's just black. Yeah, especially now that there's no there, there's no analog TV signal. It's all digital. Yeah. So there's not a lot of. You just get like a bar across the screen that says no signal or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, they, they kind of forced that one a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Although you could look at it like the, it makes it almost a little bit creepier because it's like, that's something that shouldn't happen. Yeah. But that's thinking a little bit more about it than pr- probably was yeah. intended. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things that didn't occur to me until afterwards. Right, it didn't occur to me until just now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. And, you know, we were talking earlier about the clown. In this one, it's a whole box of clowns. Yeah, because... For some reason. Some fucking creeper apparently lived in the house before <laughs> yeah. that. Who just kept clown toys. Uh, Griffin, he goes into his closet. and oh, he, they, they stick him in the attic. They turn the attic into a room. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the closet. It's in the attic. You know, it's, it's a relatively finished attic, so it's fairly suitable to be a room. And there's a closet in, in it, and he goes in to open it, and there, he hears noises coming from it. And there's a string hanging down. He pulls it, thinking it's a light, and it actually pulls down. What another? At- or no, it, it's the the drawstring or the pull string nose no, off yeah. the clown. He pulls it, and this big box of clowns comes down. And, like he traces the nose back to the clown. And it, it's a really fucking creepy clown. It is. Uh, yes, it I'll is. I'll give him that. Um, but like I said earlier in the show, the, the the screen time of this clown is like five minutes. Yeah. So don't. And that's be the only f- clown that really like gets screen time. So why they made it a box of clowns, I don't know. <laughs> because the other clowns don't do anything. Yeah. It's just this one clown that actually has any effect yeah and you know it's 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 like the original i mean there's no should be no secrets here that uh the clown comes to life at one point and attacks griffin mm-hmm. pretty much like the original right the tree outside comes to life right i was surprised to see that that was something that i didn't think they'd do being from the original it was a little different it was a little different yeah but essentially the same premise it's funny because they come home from a dinner. Um, Eric and Amy, they come home from a dinner, um, and they're driving up their street, and they could see like there's this big windstorm, and they look up in the tree in the side of their yard, and they could swear they see something hanging from the tree. And they get closer, realize it's their son. Right. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, you know, I mean, I won't explain too much more. I mean. They they start to become very suspicious and 
suspect of a um, possession, or not possession, but uh, haunting. Mm-hmm. So they call in some paranormal ex- uh, experts. This is after Maddie's been taken to the TV. Yes. Or the, the her closet, actually. Yes. Um, that's another thing that's very similar. The entrance to this other world, or, you know, afterlife, or whatever it is, um, is the entrance is in her closet, and the exit is the ceiling in their living room, just like the original. Yes. Um, so, yeah, she Amy seeks out some paranormal experts at a, at a local college. Um, and uh, they do what they can, and then she realizes, or like the, the head doctor or researcher or whatever she is. Yeah, the one who was like, I hate my job, I'm going to burn this mother down. And I was like, you better not. Right. You better not. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, oh God, what was her name? Uh, Jane Adams, Dr. Brooke Powell. Yes, Jane Adams. She was also in, uh, if anybody watched the, the HBO show, Hung. She was in that too. Oh, she was, I just remember her from Orange uh, County. She was Tom Jane's pimp. In oh, okay. <laughs> By um, the way, guys, Tony met Colin Hanks this past weekend. I did meet Colin Hanks. Uh, my Speaking sister, of Orange County. Right. She, uh, my sister, got me tickets to go see Kids in the Hall live at the Paramount Theater here in Seattle, and uh, SIF was going on. And um, that's the Seattle International Film Festival. For those of you unaware, indeed it was. Um, my sister and I were, were going back outside before the show started, and she just pointed out, she's like, that's Colin Hanks. What? And she, I look at him like, holy shit, that's Colin Hanks. <laughs> and then uh, she, like, we'd already had a few drinks, so she was feeling a little buzzed. So she just, without hesitation, just she kind of like shoulders past a couple people because he's standing in the line. And she's just like, hi, Colin Hanks, and puts out her hand. <laughs> just kind of calls him out right on the spot there. And uh, he just kind of looks like a little taken aback and shakes her hand. It's like, she's like, I, I, I got to get a picture with you. And so she starts handing me her phone uh, to take the picture. And then he takes it and says, no, I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I jumped in on there. Yeah, Colin Hanks took a selfie with, with the three of us. So, fucking okay. A. Yeah, Colin Hanks is not in Poltergeist. So let's get back on topic. <laughs> um, yeah, so they call in uh, uh, Jared Harris, who plays uh, Kerrigan Burke. He's he's one of those. He he appears as one of those douchebag ghost hunters that you see on TV. Right, and in, in this one, he has his own reality show. Right, but he's he's the real deal. Like, I mean, he knows what's up. Yeah. Um. So I mean, his TV persona the way he's portrayed on his show is not entirely accurate he's kind of a douchebag like he appears on his show but he like i said he's the real deal like he knows ghosts for real um i didn't watch through the credits did they give any kind of like in memory of his elder rubenstein i i didn't watch either so i'm not sure but yeah uh, jared harris kerrigan burke he did take the place of zelda rubenstein's character right uh tangina yeah, <laughs> and his, his I've been uh, waiting all day to say that Tangina. <laughs> I think it's actually Tangina. Is it? I, I believe so. <laughs> Why would anybody name their kid Tangina? Yeah. Um, and of course his his signature catchphrase on the show, "This house is clean." Right. 
Of course. Of course. I think the show is even called like Haunted House Cleaners or something like that. Uh, I don't remember. They don't say it, but it shows on the screen at one point. I think I think it was Haunted House Cleaner. Something something like that, yeah. But um you know, uh Brooke Powell or Dr. Powell, she she's the one that decides, okay, we're dealing with something greater here. This is not just a ghost. This is not just a couple of ghosts. This is a poltergeist. Oh, he said it. Uh, I think I said that to my wife in the theater. <laughs> I like, said it to myself. <laughs> I leaned over like, oh, she said it. <laughs> um, anyway, so she she decides that, you know, uh, this is a poltergeist. This, you know, poltergeist is an entity that... Say poltergeist again. Poltergeist. It was just, you were like, a poltergeist is a poltergeist, and the poltergeist is a poltergeist. poltergeist. That's not what I'm saying. Pay attention, dick. Yeah. (laughs) Fine, get out of here. (laughs) I'll finish the show by myself. No, um... (laughs) So, poltergeist... (laughs) ...is a kind of a a malevolent entity that wishes to do harm, and, you know, as, as opposed to a regular ghost... Just is is lost. It it doesn't know. It's confused and scared. <laughs> Poltergeist <laughs> is vi- like outwardly violent and wants to cause harm. Uh, and that's when they call in uh, Kerrigan Burke, who they find out that actually used to be married to uh, Doctor Powell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I mean, I won't I won't explain more. I mean. By some chance you haven't seen the original, uh, I mean the, the 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 plot, the ending is almost identical. Yeah. Um, there's there's subtle differences throughout. Um, like in the original, there's a scene where all of a sudden all the chairs stack up on top of the table. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's Griffin's comic books. Yeah. All stack up in like a house of cards. That that you know that happened relatively early in the movie. Yeah. And I'm done. Bye. I'm leaving. <laughs> Moving. <laughs> and uh, here's, oh, here's something that pissed me off. Okay. First, there's no bathroom scene. It's the best scene in the, oh, in the yeah, original. Yeah. Second, there is a bathroom scene in the fucking trailer. You're right. <laughs> and it's not in the movie. Director's cut. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Although the scene that they replaced it with is pretty good, the drill scene that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was panicky. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently, that was put in to replace the bathroom scene. Not good enough. <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, uh, I'll explain more of the plot just in case you haven't seen the original. Um, I do like at one point. They're talking about how it was built on a graveyard. And somebody's like, it's not like it was an ancient tribal burial ground. (laughs) Yeah. Like the original. Right. Get it? We can explain it to you more if we needed to. I wish people could see the stupid grin I have. It is stupid. (laughs) I can verify. It is stupid. Uh, so, what do you think? Well, it's it's hard to review this one 
because it is so much like the original, which I greatly enjoy. So it's like, I like it as a standalone movie. As a remake, it's pretty unnecessary. Yeah, except I like Sam Rockwell more than Craig T. Nelson. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> He like he's his his typical like smarmy asshole self. Too. Yeah, he's like that lovable asshole. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. He has like like what Tony thinks mode. he is. Hmm? Like what you think you are. How you think you're a lovable asshole, but really you're just an asshole. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> People love me. I have lots of friends. Um. Yeah. yeah so yeah. So it's hard to gauge because standalone, it's good. Um. But obviously, it's, you're going to get that comparison. Uh, I like John Squires in his review of it said that actually no, I think he just said it on Twitter is that young audiences are going to see this and think it's an insidious ripoff. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I there's parts about it that I liked better than the original. Um, like what? Well, I liked how at the end when they're coming out of the closet phrasing um, <laughs> it's not just like one big monster it's just like this giant horde of corpses yeah which fits more with it being this burial ground mm-hmm. so I liked that aspect um, well in the original there was you know there was obviously like a lot of these lost souls but then there was like the main one that they referred to as the beast right so, th- there wasn't that element of it in this one. There wasn't a beast. Yeah. I don't think. I don't recall. No, I don't think so. Okay. It, it was just the like the collective. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that better. Yeah, that was good. Um, this, I feel... This is very CGI, which... I'm Especially the tree scene. Yeah. But graphic, or, you know... S- scene wise feel like this will hold up better stand the test of time a little better yeah because the original is very dated it is uh it's if you're if you're not a fan honestly i don't know that that movie's gonna gain a lot of new fans i yeah probably not i think yeah i mean it's if you're a fan of it you're already a fan of it i don't think you're going to become a fan of it um I will say, like, I like Sam Rockwell better as an actor. I like his character better in this. But when shit hits the fan, Craig T. Nelson does a better job. Elaborate. Like, in the original, like, when he goes to the... Whoever it was and, like, grabs him by the lapels and says, You only move the headstones! Like, that's awesome fucking acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that, that moment doesn't exist in this one. Right. Um... It's very downplayed. Yeah. That it's just kind of glazed over by uh Kerrigan Burke. Right. Like he I mean it's actually in the commercial. It says, you know, I I don't think they moved I think they moved the heads headstones. I don't think they moved the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um That that's really it. I mean, like they they discussed the fact that the tract was built on a former cemetery. Or, you know, it was previously a cemetery. But then the fact that the bodies are still there, very quickly mentioned. Yeah, glazed, glazed over. over. It d- didn't have that, like, 
oh shit moment yeah. that he had in the original. I, I think that was better in the original. Um, this one, you know, obviously there's a lot more technology mm-hmm. that they used. The the people's cell phones acted weird, and the, the kid had a drone for some reason, which never really came into play. Well, I don't know what the point of that was. Well, he, you know, um, Eric was, he's been out of work, he's been having trouble finding a new job, and he's broke. Like, he's at the store, and a couple of his credit cards are declined. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he comes home with all these expensive gifts for everyone. Gives his daughter a new cell phone, gets Griffin a uh, a drone. What does he get for Madison? I don't remember. I don't either. Um... Yeah, so his, you know, Amy, she's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Right. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's why the drone was there. But just as a plot device, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, I think that was something where they really. Oh wait, tra- I forgot they flew the fucking drone into the thing. Yeah. Duh. Oh, I, I didn't. I just you. completely forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> um. I think that was kind of one of those. A point where they're trying to like kind of shoehorn technology into it. Technology, technology. But you know, really, really make the modern times part of this yeah. story. You know. Um. Anyway, uh, what else is there? Mm. Thank you. <laughs> um. I think the cast was better. I mean, that, that's another reason I think that uh, this movie will hold up better is because the acting is so much better. Overall, yeah. Um, I'd, I mean, I'd, you got to love Zelda Rubenstein, though. Sure, but she's just corny as shit. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, you got Sam Rockwell, who, you know, you think of him more as, like, a comedic actor, but he's got some chops. He can really act. Um, you know Jared Harris, he's great. Uh, Rosemary Dewitt's, it's she's good too. So Jared, Jared Harris, like every time I think of him now, I think of him from Mad Men when him and Don Draper get really wasted and go watch Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good, master. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's all I can think of with Jared Harris now. <laughs> and he's Irish in this. Right. Um, there's that. Which, like, I kept trying to figure out if he was supposed to be Irish. Because <laughs> it felt like his accent kind of went in and out. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, is he Irish in real life? Yeah. Oh, well, in real life? Yeah. Uh, I believe he's British. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I do. En- I do enjoy him. And did you know? Um, I'll bet you do. I'll bet you enjoy him a long time. Yeah. Did I you sh- know, Did you know that the girl who plays Kendra is the older sister of the girl from The Walking Dead? The the one that Carol shot in the back of the head. Spoilers. Carol shot in the back of the head. Oh no, I didn't. Yep. Well, now you know. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, I, do you have anything else to talk about? Um, not really. Like I said, it's it's so hard to judge because if if you don't compare it to the original, it comes off much better. But when you do compare it to the original, like even the parts that are better, you're just kind of like, well. Well, that yeah, that's what you face when you when you make a remake. Exactly. People are yeah, always going to compare it to the original. People are always going to say the original's better, even if the original sucks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Halloween. I said it. I, I, I said it. It's out there. <laughs> Wait, you're saying the original Halloween sucks? Yes. So this is going to be the final episode of the Grave Plot <laughs> Podcast. Well, I mean, like, it's okay that other people enjoy it. I don't like it. You don't like anything. That's not true. You're a curmudgeon. <laughs> I have two friends that call me a curmudgeon. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I don't like the original. I, I like the remake. It's got more in it that I enjoy. So, you know. All right. There it is. What about this one? I like this one more. Okay. But why? Uh, you already said the acting is better. Why else? Um... I guess, it, like I said, it's just it's it's updated and it's more relevant to today. Okay, as you know, like I said, the old one doesn't hold the test of time very well. It's it's very outdated. I mean, unless you were alive, I feel like this one won't either. Though, you don't think? Like in in another thirty years, they're gonna you know remake Poltergeist again. <laughs> And people are going to be like, look at him, actually holding cell phones instead of using their holograms. <laughs> Maybe they should work on, like, flying cars first. Holograms. Think bigger. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I mean, like, I also I, I like the cast better. I, mean, I didn't care for the girl that played Maddie. I... Uh, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I didn't think much about it because even though this, a lot of the story centers around her, she's not a big part of the movie. That's true. The uh, Griffin is a, is a much bigger character. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really think much of it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I also, I didn't care for Kerrigan Burke being a TV show star. I thought that was a little cheesy. Like, I, I get it. Like, that's, you know, that's the shit that is on TV. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of stupid. Okay. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was a nice touch, but whatever. Teach his own. Um, and he had to be forced to say the line. Yeah. I think everybody was kind of waiting for him to say it, though. Uh, yeah. And so they just... It's a little... Right. Wink, wink, uh, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about it. I don't know. Like, I, I, I did like it, but it just felt like it was lacking something that I can't put my finger on. Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> it was lacking Craig T. Nelson. There was a definite <laughs> lack of Craig T. Nelson in it. I think it was, you know what I think it was lacking? Nostalgia. 
That's possible. I think that's what I think that is the issue and why this is not getting the best reviews because it's got people that love the original and they have all that nostalgia attached to it. And even though this is almost the exact same movie, people just don't have that sentimental attachment to it. I I feel like it lacks. I I don't want to say it lacks heart, but I feel like it has less heart than the original. Okay, I don't I don't get that, but maybe maybe you know you you may be more of a fan of the original than I am. I'm almost sure I am. Yeah, so, I mean I always I, I I've seen it several times. Uh, I, I like it, but I'm not just like oh my god, Poltergeist is so good. Well, no, neither am I. But, sure. Um, and like I said, there's definitely parts of this that I like better than the original. But I just I feel like when like especially like towards the end when everything's going wrong i feel like there was more of a sense of panic in the original and so that i guess that everyone was kind of freaking out more and that mm-hmm. led to just a bigger feeling i yeah okay I, or in this one it's like oh shit things are bad we should leave yeah uh you know that that's i feel like part of that could be sam rockwell because while he does act pretty well... In he doesn't mo- act big. No, he doesn't... He's not an over-the-top kind of guy. Yeah, yeah where, whereas, you know, Craig T. Nelson, you know, like you mentioned, that scene where he's confronting his boss about just paving over the cemetery or the burial ground or whatever. Um, Sam Rockwell doesn't have that, that big explosion of emotion. Yeah. And I think it... It might be due in part to his history. He's he's played a lot of comedic roles, um, and he's just got that real smart-ass personality that, you know, no matter what mood he's in or what mood he's pretending to be in, mm-hmm. uh, that real smart-ass, just that smirk he's always got, and, you know, he's, he's just... It, it rolls off of him, you know? Yeah. And so... It might be a little harder to take him seriously when he attempts to act big, as you put it. Possibly. So, and, you know, that could be, maybe that could radiate through the cast, I suppose. And I mean, then there's also the director who, I'm looking at his credits now, he's only got four movies to his name, including this one. Right. And the only one I've heard of is Monster House, which is a cartoon, so... Right, and then of course the original is directed by Toby Hooper. Who right, it's like incomparable. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I'm not trying to put it down, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely feel like it. It definitely lacked something. Sure. Okay, and that, that that's fair. Uh, what I don't get is all the people out there saying that this movie sucks. No, I, I wouldn't say it sucks at all. Yeah. This this was so on track with the original. The the only parts about it that kind of took me like I don't want to say took me out of it but kind of like made it hard to follow was that it was so much like the original mm-hmm. so I was just like well I know what's going to happen next I'm going to go futz around on my phone or something mm-hmm. yeah I, I can get that and I mean that's you know that's going to be a problem with any remake sure um so I mean anything else to say or you know should we talk numbers here or? uh I think I've covered all my points okay uh so what, what do you say uh, I'm gonna say six. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, like I, I won't rehash everything I said, but 
thought it was good. I thought it was comparable to the original. I couldn't find any faults in it that the original didn't have. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, all in all, it was a good movie. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not into ghost movies or possession movies or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I like Poltergeist, just it being the classic that it is, and this being the same movie, you know, by all respects. Um, I feel like that's why so many people put it down is because they feel that it's unnecessary, since it is, you know, shot for shot in many instances. Which, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. But don't, I mean, maybe it's unnecessary, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. Exactly. I feel like a lot of people can't differentiate between the two. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, so that being said, uh, I did enjoy it for what it was, you know, as much as I can enjoy these types of movies. And uh, I think I'll probably give it a... S- well, yeah, I think I'll give it a seven. Okay. So that's another six and a half from us. Um, I forgot to send you plot holes earlier. Do you have it? I do. Okay. Uh, adjective. Um, fat. Plural noun. Condoms. Verb. Fart. Adverb. Hella is not an adverb. <laughs> uh... I don't know. I can't think of a funny adverb. Um, I'll put shittily. Shittily? <laughs> Noun. Uh, camel. Adjective. I feel like these are funnier when you'd be more specific. Huh? I feel like these are funnier when you're more specific. I know, but I... When I, you did, like, your monkey throwing poo or whatever. Yeah, I, I just had more time to plan it out. Yeah. Sorry, um, I forgot. Uh, what, what what was it again? Uh, adjective. Adjective. Um, sweaty. Plural noun. This is so much better when I've got the words already. Uh, adjective. No. Nah, plural noun. Plural noun. Bear fuckers. <laughs> adjective. Sloppy. And a noun. Uh, uh, pile of diarrhea or puddle puddle of diarrhea puddle. Okay. <laughs> so some of you may be asking what the hell are they doing right now uh, this is a game that we play called plot holes where we take the plot of a famous horror movie we take out a bunch of words and we replace them like we just did so it's usually a little better hopefully hopefully I, well um, so now we're going to see what Tony has done to the plot of the ring this probably isn't going to be good a fat videotape begins making the rounds in a town in the pacific northwest it is full of bizarre and haunting condoms and after watching it many viewers receive a telephone call in which they are warned that they will fart in seven days a handful of teenagers who watch the tape while spending a weekend at a cabin in the mountains scoff at the threat but as predicted they all die shittily on the same night shittily (laughs) Rachel Keller, the aunt of one of the ill-fated teens, is a camel who has decided to investigate the matter (laughs) and travels west with her young son, Aiden. It's like something it's like you think like a producer is just like, what if we had a camel? (laughs) Um, 
with her young son Aiden, a sweaty child who has been drawing pictures of strange and ominous bear fuckers. He is kind of sweaty. Been drawing pictures of strange and ominous bear fuckers. <laughs> Rachel managed to find the cabin in the woods and watches the video herself. Afterwards, she receives the same phone call and realizes she must solve the puzzle of the video and the person or persons behind it within a week. Rachel turns to her ex, Noah, an expert in sloppy technology, who at first is convic- convinced the story is a hoax until he digs deeper into <laughs> until he digs deeper into the puddle of diarrhea. <laughs> okay, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> okay, so that's that. That's plot holes. And, and that is episode 39 of the Grave Plot Podcast. Yes, uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. We're going to be watching... Two, two weeks. Yes, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to be watching what? Girl House? Girl and House and Burying the X. Burying the X, yes. Uh, As always, if you have opinions on those, we would love to hear them. You can send them to contact at graveplotpodcast.com. Or you can send them to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash graveplotpodcast. Or if you can keep them under 140 characters, you can tweet them to us <laughs> at grave underscore plot. Yes, and if you have any opinions about us, um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Unless they're positive, if you have, if you have, if they're opinion. positive, then please go put them on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. <laughs>